Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. Thanks for joining us for an Appleseed Bite, a mini episode of the show. Just a single story long, just a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to fill those few minutes with some terrific storytelling. And we've got some terrific storytelling for you today from the South Carolina storyteller Tim Lowry. But we want to remind you that we bring you a few of these bites each week in preparation for our Thursday hour-long episode drop. That's an hour filled with stories for you and your family. And this Thursday, we're going to do something just a little bit different. We've got uh, Andy Offutt Irwin, an old friend of the show, in uh, to the Appleseed studio, we're going to bring you an entire hour of Andy Offutt Irwin stories. It will be as though you're with us right here in the studio, enjoying those stories right along with our terrific studio audience. You won't want to miss his Aunt Marguerite stories, of course, his fictional aunt who in her 80s went back to medical school and started a little hospital with some of her pals. Those Aunt Marguerite stories are full of humor and heart, and you'll get some of the zany musical antics of Andy as well. That's going to be a really fun episode. And in the meantime, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by one of our assistant producers, Lacey Ivey. Lacey, it's great to have you with me. It's good to be here. Tell me about what we're going to hear today on our Appleseed Bite. So today's story comes from Tim Lowry, like you said, and he tells a story a little bit about his connection to his past and where he grew up. And he tells that connection through watermelons, which I think is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Your mouth will water as you listen to the story for sure. Here is Tim Lowry with Watermelon Time here on The Appleseed. Old watermelon time is a coming round again, and there ain't a man alive any tickler than me. The way I hanker after watermelons is a sin, which is the why and wherefore, as you can plainly see. Oh, it's in the sandy soil that melons does the best, where they'll lay and waller in the sunshine and dew till they've rubbed the green streaks clean off in their breast. But you bet I ain't a-criticizing them for it, are you? They're the best thing that grows in the vegetable line, and they don't need much tending to, as every farmer knows. And when they're ripe and ready for plucking from the vine, why I want to say to you, they're the best fruit that grows. There's some that likes the yellow core, and some that likes the red, and some that say little California is the best, but the sweetest slice I ever wedged in my head was the Edinburgh Mountain Sprout of the West. You don't want any pumpkins, nigh your watermelon vines, for somehow or another they'll spoil your melon shore. I've seen them taste like pumpkins from core to the rinds, which may be a fact you've heard of before. But melons that's raised right and tended to with love and care, why you can walk amongst them with a parent's pride and joy and thump every one of them melons on the head with as fatherly an air as if each one was your little girl or boy. Oh, it joys my heart to hear the rending sound when you split one down the middle and jolt the halves in two and all the friends you love the best is gathered round and you say unto your sweetheart, oh, here's the core for you. I like to cut them up in big slices for them all and watch the children in their high delight as one by one the rinds with their pink notches fall and they holler for some more with unquenched appetite. Boys takes to it natural and I like to see them eat. A slice of watermelons like a French harp in their hands and when they saw it through their mouths, such music can't be beat for its music both the spirit and the stomach understands. For there's more to watermelon than that pretty colored meat and the overflowing sweetness of the water squished betwixt the upward and the downward motions of a feller's teeth, and that's the taste of ripe old age and juicy childhood mixed. 
For I never ate a slice of watermelon what my mind doesn't fly back to the summertime of youth. And I see the rising of the dawn and the long, hazy afternoon of a summer's day and the dusk and dew a-falling and the night a-coming on. And there's the corn around us and the lisping of the leaves and trees and the stars a-shining down on us as still as silver mice and us boys in the watermelons on our hands and knees, the new moon o'erhead like a yellow cord slice. It's watermelon time is a-coming round again and there ain't a man alive any tickler than me. The way I hanker after watermelon is a sin, which is the why and wherefore, as you can plainly see. Watermelon Time was written by my favorite poet, James Whitcomb Riley, who is the Hoosier poet of Indiana. Them boys play mean basketball, but they have good poets in Indiana. Watermelon Time, a, a poem recited for you by Tim Lowry, along with a lot of affection for, uh, for watermelons. That's an affection I Got to say, I share. How about you, Lacey Ivy? Watermelon oh, for you? For sure. I love watermelon. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard of that weird little trend that went around the internet for a little bit of people trying mustard on watermelon. Oh, good heavens. I thought it was insane. I did it once. I don't think it was my favorite, <laughs> but I do like watermelon in and of itself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that poem uh, read for us, recited for us by Tim Lowry, is a poem by James Whitcomb Riley. And it, it reminds me of sort of the affection that we sometimes have and the, and the food memories that we have of the place that we're from mm -hmm. you know i think even on the show uh not too long ago we were talking about uh we we brought a pete griffin story to you as a bite and that was about uh well it was about a, a jelly made from a certain a certain berry right mm -hmm. and it brought me right back to uh uh days when i was a little kid and our parents would send us out along the creek to pick choke cherries and 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 that that for me is like if i were writing a watermelon time poem it would be about choke cherries <laughs> honestly yeah. i think yeah. i would have the same connection with cherries that you do yeah. I, if i were ever to write a food poem it would probably be about me wandering through my grandma's front yard going up next to her irrigation ditch and picking cherries from her little cherry tree that were up in the front yard. And that is all I could think about. I lived in Michigan for a little bit of time, and they are famous for cherries. Michigan yeah. has so many of them. And every time we passed by a, a little booth of them or got to taste any of them, I just remembered those times and as a child going through my grandma's front yard and picking her cherry trees. And it yeah. was it was the funnest time. <laughs> we, you know, you, you travel through little towns or, you know, valleys or little, little areas where you can tell by what's being sold on the on the side of the road in fruit stands, sort of what the signature, uh, what, what the signature thing of the valley is, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and, and you can find that all over the country, all over the world, maybe places characterized by a particular thing that they're uh, that they're that they're picking and selling and and making into jam or eating at picnics and and uh, and and it's always a it's always a pleasure to kind of get to know 
a, a, a region through the food that it's proud of. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's so fun that an entire community of people of so many different kinds of people can have a shared connection through something like that. Yeah. Like, it's something everybody knows and it's something everybody has a memory to, no matter how different they are, no matter how they grew up. And I think that's so cool that we're able to do have those connections and that we can look for those kind of things. Yeah. And, and you know, some of those connections are just good humored, you know, but mm-hmm. some of those connections are pretty meaningful. And if there's an invitation here, perhaps it's an invitation to think about the region that you call home. Think about the place where you call home and think about some of the things that are associated with that place, you know, and to kind of follow some of those memories down into sort of some of the some of the things that your your home meant to you and means to you. It was a pleasure to bring that poem to you, Watermelon Time, uh, recited for you by the great South Carolina storyteller Tim Lowry, a poem written by James Whitcomb Riley, who lived uh, the very end of the 19th century into the early part of the 20th century. You know, more than 35,000 people came to pay their respects to that poet as he lay in state under the Indiana Capitol Dome, hugely popular during his lifetime. It was a pleasure to hear that poem in the mouth of a great storyteller. Lacey, thanks for joining me. Yeah, thanks for having me. And of course, uh, on Thursday, join us for an entire hour of stories from a single storyteller, longtime friend of the show, Covington, Georgia's own Andy Offutt Irwin joined us in the Appleseed studio to tell uh, stories that you're going to really enjoy. And we hope you'll join us for those on Thursday. In the meantime, I'm Sam Payne. Can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.